Welcome, Summit Nation, everybody watching us online. Praise God. We're glad you're here today. Praise God. There's a lot going on. Amen. A lot going on. Good things, though. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. Can't see y'all. Give me a little bit of light. Thank you. All right. Well, as uh, Carla said, uh, Mary's transitioning, going to the next phase in her life. She's been with, with uh, Summit over 20 years. Wow. And so, um, anyway, we're going to give her a nice little party going off, and uh, thank God for Antoine uh, stepping up and uh, going to provide ribs and chicken and possum and Hog jowls. <laughs> no, not possibly hog jowls, but uh, ribs and chicken for sure. <laughs> hog malls. No, praise God. <laughs> but anyways, um, and um, and I, I'm excited to also welcome. Uh, our daughter, Adrienne, who's going to be taking her place. Yeah, so um, this has been a really, thank you, amen, amen. We wel welcome Adrienne, and y'all pray for me. <laughs> no, it's going to be great, and um, so we've, we've been, yeah, we've been going through uh, this transition for about a month, and it's th this, this particular, this last week has been particularly hectic for me with God's help. Uh, we're, we're getting through it, but I had to do, while Adrian's getting trained and, or getting ready for the transition and Mary was preparing it, everything, all the documentation so to be smooth, I had to do some stuff that I typically don't do, so I stepped into a little bit of a office management uh, thing this week, and uh, which is is not uh, something that I'm crazy about doing, but I can do it when I can. And uh, a lot of it involves a a new system, church management system that we're moving to. That's actually revolutionary. To me, it's the best thing that's happened since the iPhone came out. Some of y'all wouldn't appreciate that. Some of y'all Android people, but um, anyway, the, the the this is really uh, it's a game changer in the church world, and, um, and along with it comes a, a, a free gift that we're going to be announcing to y'all very, very soon that every member of Summit Church, Summit Nation, will receive, all right? Now, you have to be a member in order to get it. How am I a member, Pastor? You call yourself one. Uh, not for a week or a day, but you feel connected to this ministry, and you, you are a regular attender online or in person you you call this your church home we got a free gift that, that goes along with this and and, and it's going to to uh, I believe help you in uh, in your your growth and help you increase in the knowledge of Jesus amen because we're always ever increasing in the knowledge of, of Jesus all right praise God seems like there's something else I needed to say but uh, all right, well, let's dive into the Word. Y'all ready for the Word? Yes. Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. Good things are happening. And last week I started a series, Enemies of Faith. 1 Timothy 6.12 says to fight. Everybody say fight. Fight. Fight the good fight of faith. And oh, let me, let me uh, tell you to, um, if you are not a member of the Summit Church community, um, all right, so I got some noise to my right. If y'all can help me out with that, with that noise, um, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, kick them out the church. Okay, I'm teaching here. Okay, so, all right, praise God. All right, so, um, where was I? All right, we're to fight. We're, the, the only fight that the Christian is called to fight is a faith fight. We are in a faith fight, and it's a good fight, a good fight, and a good fight means you win. And when, you get, when you're all beat up, that's not a good fight, is it? No, you beat up, that's a bad fight, but it's a good fight, and it's a good fight because Jesus already won the victory. And we just demonstrated, we're demonstrating Satan's defeat, okay? So there are enemies because if the Bible says fight the good fight of faith, if you're fighting, then there must be enemies to your faith or All right, uh, turn it down just a little bit all the way down to the volume one. Or better yet, don't even talk at all. Amen. Y'all excuse me, but I got some side conversations going on. And I, I think they, you know, you ever have people like they talk and they think they're down, but it's not. So next warning was just be quiet. Just don't say anything. Amen. Praise God. It's all good. Good fight of faith. Have enemies. If there were no enemies, there would be no fight. Okay. But there are enemies we need to be aware of. The Bible says that we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Satan has devices and we need to be aware of them. So we're dealing with some major enemies. Not that this is, these are all of them, but they are some major ones. And, um, Enemy number one is a lack of knowledge. Everybody, everybody say lack of knowledge. lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge of what? A lack of knowledge of God's word. And more specifically in this new covenant, it's a lack of knowledge of the word of Christ. Because the, the word that we, that we have, well, the new covenant, because we're in a new covenant established upon better promises, the word that we are under in this new covenant is the word of Christ. Okay. But let me, um, with Job, or Hosea, let's look at Hosea 4, 6 first. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. God's people, there's a reason why God's people are destroyed. It's not because we don't love God. It's not because of this or that. It's because of a lack of knowledge of God's word. That's, that's the reason why many people in the body of Christ are being destroyed, because they, they don't understand God's word. They don't know how to rightly divide 
the word of truth. The Bible tells us, we looked at this last week, to be diligent, to show yourself approved. A, a worker who needs not, be a, needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Many people are destroyed because they, they just don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. They don't know how to rightly divide the covenant. And I want to show you today that the, that the scripture is all about Christ in this new covenant. All right. Now, we looked at this last week. Job, in the book of Job, Job had all kind of destruction that happened in his life. And it wasn't God that brought that destruction. I mean, his livestock were destroyed, his property was destroyed, children lost, children killed, all right? But God was not responsible for that destruction. And, and see, because people are, are being destroyed for a lack of knowledge, some people, they think that God is doing it. And so at funerals you hear, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Somebody brought to my attention that, uh, that they heard in a funeral. Actually, it uh, was just last week, Sunday, was Sunday or Saturday or whatever, and they were, they were watching, watching the, um, this funeral of a popular individual that passed away, and, and somebody got up there and talked about the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Well, we looked at, I made, this, I made this statement that every scripture in the Bible, everything said in the Bible is not a statement of truth. Everything in the Bible is truly stated, but everything in the Bible is not a statement of truth. And Job, in Job chapter 1, says, um, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, God didn't say that. Job said that. And when we, re when we read chapter 1, we find out that it wasn't God that caused that destruction in his life. See, it was who? The devil. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. See, when you have knowledge of God's word and you rightly divide the word of truth, you understand that. And see, God, or, or the devil, he gets believers, because he's a deceiver, and he deceives believers into thinking that God is the one taking their business away from them, taking their children, bringing destruction into their life, when, in fact, it's him, it's, it's the enemy that does that. Amen. And the good news is he's defeated. And we've been given authority to walk all over him. And we find, we find out why the mess happened in Job's life, um, Job chapter 3, verse 25 says that um, it was fear. The thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Any, listen, anything you greatly fear can come upon you. Don't fear COVID. Don't fear the destruction and, well, you know, I don't know. they they just randomly killing people, and I don't know... Um, you never know what can happen to you. You can walk in the store, walk in Target one day, and a, and a shooter can come in there with a semi-automatic and start shooting. It could be you. And see, we all get thoughts, right? You can be in the store and get a thought. Just because you get a thought 
that didn't come from God. If, if you get a thought, a, a negative evil thought, it doesn't come from God. God doesn't send evil thoughts. So you know where it comes from. And it doesn't mean you're not saved. We all get those thoughts. I've been in a store, and I start, I start seeing a shooter. And hearing, anybody, that ever happened to anybody? See, see, the devil tries to plant thoughts in your mind. And I know uh, Kenneth Hagin used to say, um, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building the nest there. So don't take the thought when you get it. The Bible tells us what to do about our thoughts, negative thoughts. Cast them down. Cast down imaginations and things that, it, things that every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Huh? See, when you get that thought, Oh, man, what if a shooter comes in here right now while you're shopping? I better hurry up and get out of here because, you know, this evil stuff is happening. It could happen to me. No, you, you throw that down immediately. Amen. And that's why you need to saturate yourself with God's word. Attend to God's word and cry in your ear to God's sayings. Let God's words and God's sayings not depart from your eyes. See, one of the things the Holy Spirit does in this new covenant is he'll bring things to your remembrance. And see, so you need to put things in your heart so you can draw upon that when you get these evil thoughts. For example, when you get thoughts like that, oh, man, I'm in a store. A shooter might come in and make start shooting and I could die. And said, no, cast that thought down and, and then... Um, bring up, then, then you can begin to, to, to think on Psalm 91. No evil shall befall me. I'll not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow. Well, ain't nobody shooting arrows too much, but you can put, put bullets in there. I'll not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the bullets that, that fly by day. I'm not going to be afraid of that. Why? Because God gives his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. A thousand may fall. Well, you know, it's been happening, been happening more frequently now. You've been hearing about it. You know, it seems like every few weeks somebody dying. A thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. No evil shall befall you. No evil shall befall me. Say, no evil shall befall me. You know why you dwell in the secret place of the Most High? You abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My Father, in you I will trust. Surely, I said surely, he shall deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the COVID, the perilous pestilence. He covers us with his feathers and under, under his wings we take refuge. Woo, hallelujah. 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 So I'm going to walk out of my house fearless. I'm going to walk into Target fearless. And in the unlikely event I go in Walmart, I'm protected there too. I'm going to leave that alone. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's just not my favorite story. I'm going to leave that.
leave that right there. So uh, no offense if that's your favorite. <laughs> Romans chapter 10. We'll get off of that. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I like this in ESV. If you look at this in, in uh, New American Standard, ESV is taken from the, the most uh, ancient Greek manuscripts. It says that faith comes from hearing, not just hearing anything. But, you know, faith for anything comes by hearing. If, but, but specifically we're talking about hearing through the word of Christ. That's what we should be focusing our attention, honing in on, right? Because here's what I battle as a pastor, the stuff you've been hearing all week. I get one shot at you, but, you, but, but not, not you, but some, some people that you know, some, some, some summit folks that's not listening right now, you know, they, they, they are listening to so much of the news all the time. They know the latest about everything. They, more, they know more about the CDC than they do about the word. And so, so they're focusing on um, their faith comes by hearing and, and hearing through Dr. Fauci and hearing through blah, blah. Everybody knows who Dr. Fauci is. Unless you're living under a rock, you know, and, and people, but people are paying attention. They're focusing on, and they, he's not Jesus Christ. You know, the, the evening news is not the word of Christ. You put fill in the blank or whatever news you listen to, whatever your favorite news is, you listen, if you listen to hours and hours, I'm not saying don't listen to the news. And I don't have anything against any of these people. But my focus is on the word of God. And some people, they, they actually believers, God's people are, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They're treating the word like a side issue. Not the primary thing. Secondary, maybe a third or fourth or fifth. But the news and what everybody says and the fear mongers, because people are planting fear. It's causing people to lock themselves up in a house and never want to get out, never want to leave because they're afraid. Psalm 91 to me is not a side issue. It's what governs my thinking. The, see, the word, the word should govern our thinking. With faith, for anything comes by hearing. If, if, you, if, if all you're hearing is bad news, see, that's what I'm up against on, on Sunday because sometimes people, they, they, they listen to bad news all week. And, and then, man, I need a word. <laughs> but we need to get our own word. See, a good pastor is going to point you to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing, what should, be, what should be, we be hearing? And I, I want to ask you a question. I want to challenge you, Summit family. What are you, what are you paying attention to? The Bible says pay attention Attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. 
Let my words and my sayings not depart from your eyes. Are we doing that? Are we keeping God's word in the midst? It, it don't live in this building. Keep his word in the midst of your heart. Don't be destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Boy, it's exciting times. I'm telling you. Are you keeping a journal like I encourage you to do? Are you praying the Ephesians 1 prayer? I'm praying it over you. You get double prayed for. You pray it over yourself. I'm praying it over you. And God wants to do, this is a word for us. God wants to do something in your life that he's never done before this year for you. Thank you, Jesus. Faith comes from hearing. And I'm stuck on it. Hearing. What are you hearing? Hearing through the word of Christ. The scriptures, all scriptures point to Jesus. Now, we're going to look at Luke chapter 24. And, and some people get really confused and when we talk about we're under grace and we're not under the law anymore. They think that, or sometimes a question comes up, does that mean we just throw, throw away the Old Testament? No. All the scriptures point to Jesus. See, even though we're not under the law, there are things in the law that point to Jesus. And we can learn from those things. Amen. Just think about it. Paul didn't have the book of Ephesians. <laughs> Peter, he wrote it, but Peter didn't, have, Peter didn't have Colossians and the book of Romans. What did they have at that time? Now, they preached Christ. The Bible says Philip, when he went to this, we're going to look at Philip. I'm going to show you something really exciting. Um, Philip went to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. So it's crazy to think that we, you, we, we should throw away the Old Testament because we're under grace. No, we just read the Old Testament in the light of the finished work of the cross. Because when, how did, think about it, how did Philip preach Christ? When he didn't have the New Covenant books, New Testament books that we have. He preached Christ out of Moses or the, the Pentateuch or the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They had, they had the, um, the prophets. Amen. They, they, they had the Psalms. So they preached out of the Old Covenant Jesus. It says Philip went to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Now, let's look at this. This will help you understand that. That, that very day, now this is after the resurrection of Jesus and the disciples, they're confused and um, wondering what's going on, even though Jesus told them. 
that he was going to rise again. But that very day, two of them were going to, now th these aren't two of the 12, but they were followers of Jesus. They were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all, th all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him, so they didn't know it was Jesus. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood, stood, uh, stood still looking sad. Okay, they're sad. And Jesus, I mean, after the most, after the greatest event in history, Jesus messing with these cats. I mean, he didn't just, he, didn't, he, didn't, he just rolled up on them and just started talking. I mean, he, he didn't come in there with, you know, guns blazing. Hey, I'm risen. No, he just rolled up on them and just started talking. See, that's, if you want to know where I get my cool from, it's from Jesus. <laughs> so, he said, like, and then they're looking sad, all bummed out. They said, what, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> All right, let's look at the next verse. Um, then one of them named Cleophas answered him, are you the only one? I mean, they're like, dude, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Man, like, where have you been? And he said to them, he said, you know, you like, like, you're the only stranger and you don't know what, the, what all these things has been happening? He's like, what things? <laughs> Amen. This is Jesus talking to him. And they said, well, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things uh, happened. Moreover, some women of our uh, uh, company amazed us, and they were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that he uh, had even seen, that, that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And Jesus said, you, oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter his glory? And beginning, watch this. Here's what I want you to see. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them, one translation said, expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Wouldn't you want to be in on that conversation? I mean, he's opening up the book and showing, starting with Moses, he's talking about the first five books of the Bible. That's what they had. And they had the prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Daniel, all right? 
he opens up the scripture and he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, not just the general word of God, but watch this, the things concerning himself. He showed them himself in the scriptures. So Jesus is in all of the Bible. And it's fascinating because, see, when you interpret scripture in the light of the finished work, the whole Bible opens up to you. You start seeing Jesus everywhere. Whoo, glory to God. Look at John 5, 39. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. He's talking to these religious folks. This is Jesus. He said, you search the scriptures. See, you can, there are people that know a lot of scriptures, memorize scriptures, stand on the corner and preach and memorize a lot of scripture. There are people that do that, but they don't preach the gospel. I've heard people, I mean, I admire their memorization of the scripture, and it just rolls off their tongue. And I've heard them, and it's not the gospel. I'm not saying everybody. I've heard people preaching, know a lot of scripture, but don't understand the gospel. They don't preach the ministry of righteousness. They don't preach on this side of the cross. They preach on the other side of the cross. They, they, they preach a do good, get good. I was going to say gospel, but that's not a gospel because gospel means good news. That's not good news. When you're telling people they're going to hell, that's not the gospel. Come on, somebody. That, that is not the gospel. We are, we are to preach the ministry of righteousness, not the, the ministry of condemnation. Like when you preach the law, because a lot of people are preaching law, and that's a ministry of death. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It's a ministry of death. It is a ministry of condemnation. Anything, any preaching that puts people under condemnation, I don't care what scripture they're, they're using. They're not rightly dividing the word of truth. They're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And they're destroying other people because they're, they're preaching out of their lack of knowledge. And people that receive their teaching, then they have a lack of knowledge. And their lack of knowledge multiplies. People are in pulpits, you know, right now. Just preaching a, 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 con, a ministry of condemnation, condemning people, tell, telling them how bad they are and how they don't measure up. Well, see, we're to preach the good news. We're to preach the gospel. We're to tell people and preach to people that they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that they're accepted. That they're approved, that their, their acceptance by God does not depend on their performance. We need to rightly divide the word of truth. I say this all the time, but I wanna, I'm going to keep saying it because I want, want you to get it in your heart. The difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. 
the, the, the old covenant is, is a relationship with God that's based on what you have to do to qualify for God's blessing. The new covenant is a relationship with God that's based on what Jesus did to qualify you. We're to preach Christ. All the scriptures point to me. Hebrews uh, chapter 1, it said God, 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 my, my, my mouse is stuck there. There we go. My clicker was rather was stuck. All right, here we go. Long ago at many times, talking about in the Old Covenant. At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Verse 2, but in these last days, everybody say last days. He has spoken to us by his son. God is speaking to us in this new covenant by his son, Jesus, whom he appointed the heir of all things to whom also he created the world. I want to close with this passage here in Acts chapter 8. Um, Philip, now this is in the same chapter that I was, I referred to earlier when Philip went to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. See, the message he preached was a message of the cross. Now, we're reading now later on in that chapter in verse 30, Philip ran to him, and this is a um, a eunuch. Uh, I didn't include that scripture. Let me let me back up because I want you to see who he's talking to. This is uh, Acts chapter 8. Let's look at verse 20. Uh, oh, goodness. I left out a lot, didn't I? Okay, let me just read it to you. Um, I'm going to back way up, way, 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 way up to verse 20, yeah, 20, uh, 26. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Or Gaza. This is a desert place, and he ro- arose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, everybody say Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace. Okay, this is a high official of Ethiopia, all right, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Now verse 30. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked. See, again, they didn't have 1 John, Hebrews. (laughs) What they had was the law and the prophets. Okay, so in the Psalms. So he said, So he's reading in this chariot, this high official of Ethiopia, 
He's, he's reading Isaiah, and Philip was led to go to this chariot, and he asked this man, do you understand what you are reading? Verse 31. And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, thank you, Jesus. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent. And so he opens not his mouth. Verse 33. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation for his life is taken away from the earth? And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this about himself? Or about someone else. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the gospel. The good news about who? About Jesus. He told him the good news about Jesus. He preached Jesus to him. Amen. Now, later on, then after that, the eunuch, they came across some water, and the eunuch said, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. So we know that he, this, this man became a believer. And this is very significant. Um, now, there, there is a, um, something, some false information going around. And I just want to just nip it in the bud. You can't believe everything that you, that you hear about on, uh, on Facebook and social media. And they'll, they'll say stuff to try to discredit the Bible. One of these lies that uh, goes around is that Christianity was forced on black people during slavery. Anybody ever heard that? That, that is a lie. That, 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 you know, Christianity, just, Christianity was forced on black people. You know, and that happened during slavery. I want you to know that um, there's an Ethiopian king. Now, Philip was preaching in Ethiopia. I mean, he, was, he ministered to this Ethiopian. And so there was an Ethiopian king called Izana. Okay, he was a king in the year, check this out, year 341. Izana established Ethiopia. He was the king of Ethiopia in the year 300, 341, and he established Ethiopia as a Christian nation in year 341. 1,278 years before slavery. Oh, in case you didn't know, Ethiopia contains... The people of Ethiopia are people of color. Now check this out. It's in, not just in the Bible, 
But in, in Ethiopian history, in Ethiopia, Ethiopian historical records, it's written that Christianity came to Ethiopia by this eunuch that was ministered to by Philip. And that's how Christianity came to Ethiopia. That's in their record, that's in their historical records. All right, long, this is long before slavery. And even in a bad situation of slavery, Harriet Tubman, Harriet Tubman, if, if you read about her, she received visions from God. Jesus would speak to her in visions and, and through prayer. Now, I've been teaching on visions. And without a prophetic vision, her zone vision, remember that? Without a vision, people perish. Harriet Tubman got a vision on how to escape from being enslaved. Not only that, the vision that she got not only helped her, but helped her free 70 other, approximately 70 other slaves. Then became a, a part of a, of a bigger movement to free even like 700-some slaves. Fascinating. And they, she had a nickname... You know what they nicknamed her? Moses. I want you to know, man, God wants to give you a vision for your own life that will bless not only you, but other people. Since I've been teaching this, I got a testimony of someone who got a vision about starting a business. And it's now manifested. Just that quick. See, write your vision. Put it in your journal. Meditate in the word. Pray. Meditate. Spend some private time with God. And ask God to give you a vision for your own life. Write it down. Make it plain. It might not happen quickly. It could happen quick. But even though, even though it, it tarries, wait for it. It will surely come to pass. But we need to expect. Like when you ask God for a vision, expect him to give it to you. He's not, you, you don't have to beg him for it. He wants to give you a vision for your life. He wants to give you direction for your, for your future and for your family. Glory to God. I'm excited about this. I'm excited when people hear and they listen and they apply it. Glory to God. And, and they just allow God to, to um, give them vision and, and begin to walk in that thing. Man, I love it. Are y'all expecting? Yes. Hope is a confident expectation of good. God has got great things in store for your life. God speaks in pictures. Just like he showed, he showed Harriet Tubman pictures. She got visions. God speaks in pictures. What's he showing you? You're not going to get it watching the news. You're going to get it as you spend time with your heavenly father who loves you. 
and he wants the best for you. Ooh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you right now.